Hey guys, welcome back to the Sully Sports Pod. Today we're going to be talking about the Week 16 NFL Main Slate. And if you haven't listened to our Thursday night breakdown for tonight's 49ers-Titans game, check that out. We posted it yesterday. How are we doing, Jared? Doing great, man. Doing great. We got an interesting slate ahead of us. You know, this is one of those COVID slates where we don't even know who's playing right now. Everything we say could be nonsense come Sunday, and we could have half the league dead with COVID. We don't even know. Got some interesting games, though. Got some interesting games. Uh, start off, Giants at Eagles. How you feeling? I'm not going to play anyone on the Giants. They have a 15-point team total. They've been 31st in touchdowns, back-to-back seasons. Like, yes, Saquon may project well. If Kadarius Toney is back, he, he'll he probably garner some ownership. But it's a trap to me. There's too many other spots with better uh, game environments and team totals. I'm, I'm off on the Giants. I'm not going anywhere there. How are you feeling about the Eagles? Hurts is the uh, projected highest-owned quarterback, 6.4K salary. How are you feeling about him? He's coming off a game where he had two one-yard rushing touchdowns, so he's going to project well, and people are going to see that he smashed last week. And uh, he's always a guy with a super high floor-ceiling combo. The key with to me with him is only sticking to him in single stacks and only pairing him with one of his skill position players because he does so much with his legs that I don't see him supporting two other guys through the air. So I think that's a key thing to focus on if you're going to play Hurts this week in tournaments. So you would stay away from a Hurts double stack. You might just go with a mini stack, Hurts-Goddard. Yeah, like Hurts-Goddard is an, like I think because that's where most of his passing game is going to go to is Goddard. And I honestly don't even mind Hurts-Sanders because people look at a quarterback running back single stack and just are going to stay away from it. But I don't mind that at all given Sanders' passing game role and his price. But my favorite stack here is Hurts to Devontae because it's he's going to be extremely low-owned while everyone else is super popular. And that's a great pivot spot in tournaments to me as the Giants are allowing top 10 points to receivers. And he's going to get some deep shots. He hasn't been great the last couple weeks. And at his price, he's in between a lot of guys that are super popular. So I don't mind going to Devontae this week just because of his upside. And you're going to need to get different to win a tournament. So a single stack of Hurts to Devontae seems pretty enticing to me. Moving on, Rams versus Vikings is probably the game I'm most excited for. A lot of interesting stacks you can go with. How are you feeling about it? They, I'm hoping this game is just the shootout it looks like on paper. We have some studs here. I'm all over it. It, it looks like everyone's going to be stacking the hell out of this game, but it ma- it makes too much sense. Like, I There's so many options that I don't know where I want to go, but I know this, this game is going to be a key part of all my lineups. Can you go wrong with, with any of these stacks? I mean, you could go... Say you got a, a Stafford, Odell, Van. Like, I even could, like that. That could be optimal. I like, like that because Cup has just been – Cup's inevitable, inevitable at this point. We know he's just going to do his thing. He's averaging 26 points in the year. He's on maybe have the greatest receiver season ever, which is just – if you told me that coming into the season, I would tell you, stop smoking the weed, get off it, get some help. <laughs> I don't know how this dude is producing at the level he is. He may need to get tested for PEDs, but – He's projected for five more points than any receiver on the slate. And I think he, it goes to seven or eight more points if Tyreek misses. And he's on, questionable with COVID. So he's going to be the most, probably the highest owned player on the slate. But I'm not getting away from it because he's probably going to drop 20 plus. But I think there's a lot of interesting things to do in this game. I'm probably not going to the Rams running backs because Henderson and Sony split the work last week. And Akers just got activated off IR. So I'm probably going to completely avoid that. But I love Van and Odell in stacks in tournaments 
just because they're going to get deep shots in a game in a dome with a high total against a defense that really can't stop the pass. So I love that. Switching over to the Minnesota side, your boy, Jay Jettas, uh, Justin you know, Jefferson. I'm all over him. I, I told you if I win our league, I'm making a TikTok of me doing the gritty in honor of Jefferson. I want to see that so bad. Uh, I want to like that's why I want you. That's why I really want you to win, just so I can get that TikTok, save it to my camera roll, pull it up into group <laughs> chats whenever I want. Nothing provides me more serotonin than Jefferson hitting the gritty after a long bomb. And boy, does this look like the spot. If Thielen misses, the target share is going to be absurd. I'm not a huge guy for home road splits, but something about Jefferson in the Dome in Minnesota. He has one game under 19 this year there, and this is the perfect spot. I don't see a way in which he doesn't smash. But the big news out of Minnesota today is Dalvin hitting the COVID list and Madison coming in as now the highest projected running back on the slate. And he's been a monster in games Dalvin has missed. He has 18 targets in those three and at least 21 fantasy points. Yeah, the Rams are a good run defense, but he's going to see work on the ground through the air. They got a 23-point team total. I I think Madison smashes, and the Cousins-Madison-Jefferson stack, give me all of it. Run it back with Cup, maybe run it back with Van, run it back with Odell. This game's going to probably put up points, and I'm all for it. Do you think you you would do any... You think you you could... I don't know how to word this. But we're talking about a Minnesota stack, do you think there's any way to go wrong there either? You know, you go maybe Osborne, Jefferson, and Kirk. I mean, even that would even that could work. It that I like Osborne a lot if Thielen misses, just because his price range, I think he's above forty five hundred right now. And that at that price range we have the A B chalk, we have the DJ Moore chalk. So I do like that in tournaments. I even don't mind if you go cousins Jefferson Conklin. Because if, say, Conklin catches one, it's going to automatically correlate with Cousins. He's going to probably come in with at 2% owned. And the only guy in stacks that I think with Cousins, I'm 100% playing if Thielen misses is Jefferson. I find it tough for Cousins to drop 25, which you probably need in tournament, with Jefferson going under 20. So that's the only thing I would make sure. If I'm playing Cousins and Thielen is out, I'm going Jefferson in that stack and then mixing and matching other Minnesota pieces. Makes sense. I'm excited for that game. Moving on, Bills versus Pats. This is my favorite game of the week because, you know, we're Pats fans. This it, this basically decides, I think, if the Pats have any chance of making a run just because of the seeding. Buffalo's the seven seed right now, and I think we drop to six or seven if we lose this. So, massive game in the playoff race. In terms of DFS, I'm not really here for it. Josh Allen is always in play just because he has one of the highest ceilings out of any quarterback. He's really struggled against the Pats in his career, but he does have one monster game where he dropped 32, and I think that is in play. But I'm not really... There's too many other good value stacks that I probably won't get to Josh Allen here. So I'm there's really nothing in this game that seems really exciting or much in play for me, honestly. Do you think Knox, every once in a while, throw him in, maybe he catches a tutter, you think that would pay off his salary? I'm not... I, at 5,100, and he's sandwiched in between the range of elite tight ends, which are guys that can go for 100 yards in the cheap values. So he has to catch two. The only lineups I'm playing Knox in is Josh Allen sacks. I will not play him as a one-off or some sort of correlation with a Pats player. If I'm playing Knox, it has to be in a Josh Allen stack because I don't see him getting there otherwise. So you'd probably just stay away from the Bills stacks unless you're going, unless you're going Allen, Diggs, 
knock, something like that. I'll probably have, if I'm playing 100 plus lineups, I may have five lineups that are Allen stacks, which they're like Allen Moss digs or Allen digs. Not Moss, I mean Singletary, because he's getting the work now that Moss has been healthy scratch. So I don't mind an Allen digs knock stack, but it seems very hard for that to pay off. And you're sacrificing a tight end spot and a wide receiver spot where there's really, really good projected players this week. It seems a little bit too thin for me, but I think it is worth some shots because we know Josh Allen can go out and just dominate the game and he could flip a slate on its head and be the guy you need. And same with Diggs. So I don't mind it a little bit in tournaments because they're going to really low own, but it's not something I'm prioritizing this week. All right. Bucks versus Panthers. It's interesting. A lot of, a lot of guys out with COVID. This game, this is just like chalk fest written all over it. This is, you go up to the whiteboard, grab the chalk off, and just start eating it. Because I don't know how you get away from Rojo or AB this week. Rojo, the only guy backing him up is Keyshawn Vaughn, and we've never seen him really in NFL like action with a significant workload. What worries me a little is Rojo is a bad passing blocker, pass game blocker, and Brady seems to hate any sort of running back that struggles in that category. But they're 10-point favorites. And they have a high team total. I see it tough at Rojo's price with him being 5,100 for him not to score at least 15. I think he gets in the end zone at least once. And you're probably going to need him at that. So I'm going to try to get different elsewhere. I'm eating the Rojo chalk this week. I I just can't stand Rojo after, <laughs> after what was it, the wild card or the divisional last year. Against Washington. I played him. He was my highest on captain, and he didn't see the field. Oh, it was so high. Now I I don't like him. I just, I won't play him. Because that's going to happen again. I just know it. They're going to run out Keyshawn Vaughn for 80% of the snaps, you think? No, probably not. I just won't play. I'm just going to fade Rojo. I can't do it. You're going to fade the best projected player on the slate? I can't do it, dude. I have have a bias. I'm all gut feeling. This is no bias. This is no brain, all heart. I can't do Rojo, dude. Yeah, I'm on the other side of that one. I'm all, I can't all do brain, Rojo. no bias. Rojo makes too much sense for me. Same with AB. AB's 4,900. And in this spot, with the targets he should see, he realistically should be 7K. He should be priced like Godwin or Evans. He's going to see probably 12 targets out of, the, out of the slot, running out wide. I don't see how he doesn't pay this off. I can't remember the last time we had a 4,900 receiver that had legitimate 30-point ceiling, I'm not going to get away with it from him. My issue, though, is you're going AB, you're going Rojo, and then you have, you want to correlate that somehow to get different. The chalk on the other side is DJ Moore's coming in extremely high-owned, which I think that's inflated just because of the Buccaneers chalk. So I don't know what to do with it. They project too well for me to get away from. So I'm going to dig into it more this week. I think Rojo and AB are probably going to be two of my four highest-owned players, which... I don't want to be, but I think I have to. I don't. I don't see a way you get away from it. You think some bucks, um, buck stacks are warranted. I if Brady's projected right now for four percent ownership, it's early in the week. I don't see a way in hell that stays that low because if it does, I just I'm taking out a loan. I'm taking out a mortgage and I'm going all in on this stack. Brady, Rojo, AB. It's just this is like the uh, Dolphin stack from last week, value wise but you're getting guys that should be priced like 7K. This could absolutely destroy in tournaments and just be, it's probably going to be relatively high owned, but if they do hit ceilings, you can't get away from it at this ownership. And another guy is Gronk that will funnel a couple more targets to. 
he is 6200 which seems like a pretty big price increase due to his lack of he probably won't go crazy receiving yardage wise but he always has that two touchdown upside so i will play a good amount of gronk in stacks but i'm not gonna play him as a one-off i just can't i just can't get behind rojo man you're a big kojo guy no rojo this week no rojo dude only cody johnson jags versus jets stink bowl Whatever you want to call it. These are the two worst franchises in the past 10 years, probably, no? You, I, I'm, I'm watching this game instead of Red Zone. I, I've got it. my eyes Stop eye, it, dude. This. No way. Stop it. It's just throw up in a bag, and I'd rather watch that. Lawrence has scored under nine in four of his last seven. Ugh. Like, this dude sucks. For the number one pick, he has decent weapons there. Visca and Marvin Jones, J-Rob, O'Shaughnessy's a good tight end. I don't get what his deal is. I really thought he was going to come off last week and smash after Urban got fired, but I've lost all hope. I want to go to Stacks here with him be- to pivot off J-Rob Chalk, but I can't. He's just not good right now. Will you play any J-Rob as a one-off? And he's good to get the touches. Yeah, I'm. he's probably going to come in as... If I had to think now, he's probably my third favorite running back on the slate behind Madison and Rojo. He had 21 touches last week in his first start without Urban. Now draws the Jets, who are dead last against the run. I think they're they're averaging, allowing an extra 70 yards per game over teams' averages against the run this year. And J-Rob's 5,900. And there's no one else in his offense that's going to demand touches. I, I don't see a way where he really fails at 5,900. That's why running back is so loaded this week. But it's just, I think he's, he's on the short list of top three guys where I'm jamming in because it, his ceiling is 30 points here. And I love it. When you think about building a lineup, you could do that Brady, Rojo, AB stack with Robinson and then pay for some higher. You could pay for Cup and Jefferson while still not sacrificing at tight end. Yeah, the issue there is you're going to get a little too chalky. If I'm doing that build, I'm probably not playing Cup because of the ownership. I'm probably going to have to pay up for some low, like Deontay Johnson, fit in a high-priced receiver that's low-owned because that's the only way you're going to get a pretty, like, a tournament kind of lineup or I or going Jefferson like Odell and fading um cup there trying to get different with it but choosing the right games but I I don't see how you get off the J-Rob jock this week it makes too much sense Lions coming off a big win playing the Falcons uh, Tim Boyle drawing the start this week Goff oh. on the COVID list he's min salaries 4k if you want to burn some money go out and make some tournament lineups with him I I lo- I was all over- I had a ton of Amon Ross St. Brown last week. He killed it, but he's priced up now, and I can't play him with Tim Boyle. The only line I would consider is Jamal Williams if he's active, but his last start when Swift was out, he didn't see the workload that I thought he was, so I'm probably not playing a single line here. What about on the uh, Falcons side? Gage. Gage has been going off the last couple of weeks. I drafted so much Gage in best ball this year, and the dude sucked all season. But he's balled out in the last four. He's getting that number one receiver role. And there really isn't a better spot than at home against Detroit. I think one of the three of Pitts, Gage, or Patterson smashes here. Because especially Patterson, he's more expensive than all the great value running backs. But he's in maybe the best spot. Big favorites against Detroit at home. I could see a spot where he smashes. And the ownership is going to... He realistically should probably be 15% owned in this spot. He's going to come in under 10 because of the other running back value. So I love him. You you don't have a grudge over Pitts because of fantasy? You know, 
He made the Pro Bowl somehow. I don't know. I don't know how. So <laughs> I'll take it as a victory lap. I think it's just bias of people fan voting. But he, like all jokes aside, he's one of the most talented tight ends in the league, and he has legit 100 yard upside anytime he touches the field. So I don't mind going to him anytime he's playing a team like Detroit. That I think you're literally they're basically throwing out JV players right now. So I don't mind Pitts at all. I don't mind Gage. I don't mind Patterson. But I'm probably not going to stack them with Ryan because he's only gone over 30, 20 in three games all year. And the one big worry I have is Detroit's run percentage is so high that teams against them don't end up throwing the ball that much just because it slows down the game. And if that limits chances for Atlanta, I'm going to be kind of hesitant going to the pass catchers, but I still do like Patterson. Moving on, Chargers versus Texans. This game is completely up in the air right now. Brandon Cooks was the only football player left on the Texans that could do anything. This is an expansion-level team right now. And I loved Cooks this year, but he's out now, and the only guy left is Nico Collins. That may generate some ownership, but I'm probably not going there because the Texans have a 17-point team total, and I see it really tough for them to move the ball. So you you don't think you'd really play anyone out of this game? I mean, it's the Chargers. I'm going to have a lot of whoever's active. But COVID is running wild through that locker room right now. Keenan originally looked like he wasn't going to play. Now he may. Mike Williams will play. Eckler's the big question mark here because he's on the COVID list right now. If he's in, he's going to project awesome against the Texans. If he's out, it gives us another crazy running back value in Justin Jackson. So as much as I love this game, I'm going to hold off on it for now just because we don't know a lot of the key pieces to it. And it'd be a waste to talk about and try to make assumptions on things we not have no idea. In a hypothetical situation, Eckler's out. You think you're going to play Jackson? If he comes in over 20% owned, I'm probably just going to go heavy on the Chargers stack and go uh, Herbert, Cook, and Keenan, or swap out Keenan with Mike Will, something like that, or even a Herbert, just a Jackson in a receiver stack. Because at four, he's 4,200, so if he falls into the end zone, he's going to pay off that salary. But I... With how thin that could be, because we don't know how what the running back touches are going to be like, I, if I'm playing Justin Jackson, I'm probably going to try to correlate it with other guys in the Chargers if Eckler does miss. I, I'm going to be a little hesitant to play him as a one-off, even though he's going to project pretty well. we got a good game here. Ravens versus Bengals. Lamar's going to be back this week. How do you think that one's going to play out? This is an awesome game in terms of the playoff race for the NFC North. Like, massive game on paper. If Lamar is back this week, I, I love it. He's gone over 24 in each of the last two games against Cincy. The one thing that worries me is Cincy has one of the highest rush rates over expectation this year, and they're running the ball a lot more than people thought they would have coming into the season. And maybe that's why they're playing so well and have such a great record. But it does limit my want to go to that in a game stack if they're going to keep teams off the field. But Lamar can go out and he can drop 30 anytime. He's one of the most electric players in the NFL crazy upside i'm gonna go to him in stacks i'm not gonna double stack him though i'm gonna either go lamar single with marquise or mark andrews probably how do you feel about mark andrews eight percent ownership he had a massive price increase yeah you know i love that i love when we see a player ball out and take a massive jump in price and then drop in ownership just because people are scared that they can't sustain it yeah it's a small sample size and we have no idea if that's really sustainable but that's something I want to take advantage of in edge and I, in edge I see. Yeah, he's 7K, but he's gone over 28 in, last, in each of the last two. 
He's drawing double-digit targets. He has crazy touchdown equity. That target tree is basically him and Marquise Brown right now. So I probably won't play much of him as a one-off, but I'm going to try to correlate. If I'm playing Mark Andrews, I'm going to have a bangle, or it's going to be a Lamar stack. And I think that's a really good way to get contrarian in tournaments right now. All right, so you're, you're in on Andrews. Yeah, I the, think I am. I think he makes sense in a lot of tournament builds because people are going to pay – when people pay around 7K, it's to get to Madison or it's to go up to guys like Jefferson and Cup or pay 300 more to get to Kelsey. So I think Andrews is going to come in lower owned than we expect. All right, Bears versus Seahawks in Seattle. You said it might be snowing. Yeah, uh, Fields is so cheap. I think he's 5,200. Seattle can't stop the deep ball right now, and – I think Fields makes so much sense in single stacks. He's a guy that he's finally seeing the rushing upside that we've hoped for all year. You know, Fields was one of my most owned guys in best ball. He let me down. Kind of sucks. But I think this is a spot where, depending on the weather, if the snow holds off, I'm going to go here and target him with maybe a single stack of him, Mooney, Robinson, Komet, one of those guys, and just hope Fields runs two in and throws one to the other. I think that makes a lot of sense in tournaments. Did anyone from best ball that you drafted a lot do end up doing well? Or is it just a curse? I think it's a curse as my highest owned quarterback in best ball was Trey Lance. And I have as many snaps, <laughs> I think, in the last six games as that dude. So it makes a lot of sense why I got destroyed in best ball this year. But, you know, we're dealing with it. We're moving on. We're winning some money. We're going to kill it tonight on Showdown. We're going to kill it on the main slate. Got to watch. You got to listen to that. Thursday night football showdown oh, yeah. breakdown. Yeah, it's Kittle week. And you can hear me and Sully fight about Debo versus Kittle. Yeah, and we De- know I'm right. It's it's a Kittle week. We're going head to head. I have Debo captain. I'll go you Kittle, have Kittle captain. captain. Yeah. And we're going head to head. Heavyweight matchup. We're trading blows. Easy win. All right. Steelers versus Chiefs. I don't know what to think about this one. I think this is a great pay up to be contrarian spot for the Steelers. Najee's the most expensive running back on the board, and he does not project well at his salary whatsoever compared to the other running backs around him or cheaper. And also we have Deontay, who had his worst game of the year by far. He sucked. I loved him. I had so much of him last week. But it wouldn't surprise me if he sees 14 targets this week. They're going to be trailing. They're pretty big underdogs against the Chiefs on the road. In games where the Steelers are trailing, I love going to Deontay because he's going to get all that short and intermediate work and I think he's going to eat it up. I'm fine with Claypool in tournaments, but noodle arm Ben really isn't taking shots deep. I'll pass. The Chiefs are a big question mark because Tyreek and Kelsey are on the COVID list right now. If one misses and the other plays, they're going to turn into an elite play. So I have to monitor that. And if both miss, we're going to get some crazy value on these KC receivers. It's going to be a Sunday morning read and react type of thing. I have a feeling Sunday morning is going to be a massacre with Schefter tweets of everyone just testing positive. We have no idea what's going to happen, but we're going to try our best right now to sort through it and make some good quality judgments on the news we have right now. The Broncos going to Vegas, playing the Raiders. Good game on paper. Broncos are playing well. Raiders, they've been a good team all year, but not much of fantasy I love here. If Waller's back, 6K, he's too cheap for his talent at tight end. So I'll have some shares there. Hunter, If you told me before the year Hunter Renfro was going to be 7K almost, I would have slapped you because there's no way. This dude was almost, I think he was under 4,000 to start the year. But he's been a monster, all jokes aside, getting a ton of targets. He had a dud last week, so the ownership is tanking. He's going to be almost unowned. So I'm going to take some stabs there in tournament just because of 
how much I like the other chalk this week that we're going to need to get different somewhere else. And I think Renfro makes a lot of sense. And as disgusting as it sounds, give me some Jerry Judy. He's talented as hell. Drew Locke starts this week. I was a big Drew Locke believer, but this dude is so bad at football. I don't don't know why he still is here, but Judy is so talented. He could break a slant or two and go to the house. And at 5K, I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and drops 20. He had zero last week. So he's going to be like 2% owned. Like, it's a good spot. The Raiders have struggled against the pass all year. Makes a lot of sense for me in tournaments to go to Judy, even though he doesn't project well. Is this one of your situations, like you were talking about in the Bills game, where you might play a 5, 5% of your lineups might have the Raiders stack? I'm probably not going to go any Raiders stack. I don't have any interest in going car this week. But as one-offs with like, if you go with a Waller-Judy correlation, and this is the kind of correlation you go to, if you're talking about the line of the stack you talked about earlier where you're jamming in J-Rob, Rojo, Amy, mm-hmm. Brady, even Cup, you're going to have to get different. And if you have Waller-Judy correlation, no one's going there because it's a gross game. That's the kind of correlation I'm looking for this week with all this chalk and stuff that's really not going to project well on paper but ha- always has the chance to break it for tournaments. Give me your top stacks for, for Sunday. I don't know how Brady's 4% right now. He's I think he's going to creep towards 12%. But Brady, Rojo, AB makes just all the sense in the world. At its price, it's going to project awesome. And I don't even think you have to run it back with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, someone like that. I think you can just hope for a Bucks onslaught where they go out and drop 30 and win 30-10. to 10. Brady looks like an MVP candidate. So I'm all over that. My next one, Cousins, Madison, Jefferson, and bring it back with either Cup, Odell, or Van. Everyone's stacking this game, and I love just when I'm when I target the Vikings stack, I love going usually Cousins Cook in one of the receivers. But we have Madison this week. We know all the offense is gonna be concentrated to those three. So I'm going all over that. And my last one, a Burrow single stack. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are probably my two favorite tournament plays Let's this week. Go. The Ravens had two healthy cornerbacks last week, and we saw what Marquez Valdez Scantling went out and torched them. They were double-teaming Devontae every play. It didn't matter. Rodgers balled out. I love the Burrow stack this week. It looks so good. And I am I think a Burrow, Chase, Mark Andrews, just, oh, I love it in tournaments. Higgins. T. Higgins. Higgy Bear. You have you have Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas. I have T. Higgins, the Higgy Bear. We need to get a Higgy Bear dance so you can do it while I'm gritty and up and down after, oh, I, yes. after I stomp on our league this week and next week. <laughs> Top tournament plays. So right now, based on the ownership, three guys I have that look like they're going to be under 10%. Starting off, Deontay. He's 7500 He's priced up to the point where people are going to pay up for Cup or Jefferson. And I love it because he had a massive dud. And this is the ultimate bounce back spot. On the road as big underdogs, he's going to see a ton of work in the pass game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see 10 catches for 110 and two TDs out of Deontay. I love it. I'm going all over it this week, and especially if Tyreek misses, which is more likely than Kelsey, correlating Deontay with Kelsey in a little single, like a game stack, all over it. Then the next guy, Higgins. I I love Higgy Bear. I think Jamar Chase is going to generate a lot of ownership just because last time out against the Ravens, he went for over 200 yards, and Higgins came off an awful game last week, but before that, he was seeing steady increase in targets and putting up some really big games. And he's priced at that uncomfortable price above 6K. So 
I love Higgins this week, especially if Chase starts to garner. A, if Jamar Chase is getting double the ownership at Higgins, I'm going all over Higgins and flipping that because he doesn't have double the chance of smashing than Higgins. And lastly, Cordero Patterson against wow. the Lions. Wow. That's I, like the opposite of what we were thinking last week. Yeah, I, I had 0% Cordero, but that was on the road as massive underdogs against the Niners. Now he's at home against the Lions as a touchdown favorite. Nothing correlates better with running back success than being big favorites and with a decent team total. And Patterson checks all the boxes this week. Plus, he's low-owned. No He's the same price, essentially, as Madison. Way more expensive than Rojo, J-Rob, Justin Jackson, all those types of plays. So, if I'm going to get different at running back, it's with Patterson. I could see him having one of those games this year where he's just smashed out of nowhere. And I love it. I'm going all over it. All right, Sully. Can I hear some garbage bets that it's time going to lose some it's money? It's time for my pits, my picks. So, in the last pod, I mentioned I was going to research. I did none of that. Oh. I sat down here before the pod. I looked on DraftKings Sportsbook, and I said, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. This is what just the opposite of everything I do every sleep. You have the internet at your fingertips. You're probably going to type some things as I'm saying, and... You're going to make me look like an idiot, but I'm fine. It's fine. Let's hear him. Baltimore, plus three. Versus the Bengals, I I love T. Higgins. I like watching the Bengals play. I like Joe Burrow. But I just I just can't see him even winning this game. I think Lamar back? I think Cincinnati's been one of the most upstart teams this year that no one saw this performance coming out of them. This game essentially is probably for the AFC North. Massive showdown. I don't know what to go here. It's a coin flip for me. The public seems the same. But bets are split almost down the middle. But I'm probably going Cincy at home. Come on, and dude. Come on. Everyone just saw it, um, Baltimore almost beat the Packers with Huntley. So I think a lot of the public is going to be like, oh, yeah, Ravens this week. The Bengals aren't for real. But the Ravens are down to no corners. And the Bengals may have the best receiving core in the league right now of young talent. So... I'm, I'm off you. You're an idiot. Sully, man. You just choose to disagree with You're me. You're wrong every week. You wake up and you choose violence, dude. I do. I don't know I, why. But I also choose winning. I don't know I don't know why you always disagree. Because I, I like making money. I got the good picks here. All right, move on. What's the next one? Bears. Plus six and a half. It's against Seattle. Seattle isn't that good this year. I can't, I'm not saying the Bears are going to like win, but it could be a close game. It could be decided by a field goal. It's snowing out. You don't know what could go on. As much as I want to agree, the public is all over Chicago, and the line is moving. It's moving that same direction, but six and a half. The key to me is the weather. If this is a low-scoring game in the snow, I'm taking Chicago because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. But if the snow does hold off, I could see a game where we finally see Russ cook, and he hits Lockett deep. No, don't let Russ cook. I hate Russ. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. But I, I'll i agree with you on this one just because the snow looks like it's going to come. I'll, I'm fine with Chicago plus six and a half. Let's too go. many points. Let's go. Atlanta minus six. The Lions, have been, the Lions have been putting together some good games. But I'm just saying Russell Gage is going to go for three tutters. And it's going to be <laughs> ATL Atlanta minus three. Or minus six. I love it because Tim Boyle's starting and the line doesn't reflect this. 
and somehow Detroit is getting 60% of the bets right now on the road. Yeah, they had their second win of the season, but I think we finally, I think we see Patterson unleashed. We see Pitts unleashed. We see Gage unleashed. I, I think this makes too much sense for Atlanta at home. This is the ultimate trap spot. A team finally gets a win after just coming close a couple of times this year, and now there's somehow only less than a touchdown underdogs on the road against a team that's almost 500. Give me Atlanta. I'll, I'll agree with you. I think you finally have one good pick. One piece of advice I would have here, a little nice parlay to go with, go Patterson over rushing yards and take the Falcons spread because if he does have one of those monster games where he gets close to 100 yards rushing, it's because they're going to be leading early and often. They're going to hammer him and they're going to win by at least a touchdown. So that's probably my favorite little parlay of the week. I love that. Let's go. You're agreeing with me two out of three here. I mean, you're partially agreeing with the, with the I'll base. say it's, a, it's one and a half, we'll say. I'm 50, not giving you fifty percent. Fifty percent. If I'm shooting fifty percent from the field from behind three, oh, I, I'm oh. like I'm like Steph Curry, dude. Yeah, but this is that's out of three games. You're like you're like one for fifteen on your last. I don't. Hey, I don't want to hear it. Tonight is going to change. You're going to see all of my picks from last night. I parlayed it, and that parlay is going to hit. You're just blowing money, man. Just at this point, go buy some scratch tickets. You got some better odds on those. I'm gonna be printing money with these spread picks. No, this is no money. You're not, you're not printing anything. It's you're printing unemployment and bankruptcy. That's what you're printing. <laughs> oh no, man! Come on, come on. You got anything else? That's it, man. That's all. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with some more episodes soon. Thank you.